0: Bonus pod! B- 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 bonus pod! Thought about doing that in post, but it uh, feels like it was easier that way. Hello and welcome to the Download Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel this week featuring, well, this podcast featuring Zero Wheels. I'm your host, Adam, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike, who was talking about very on brand today, uh, right before we recorded a basketball podcast,
1: instead talking purely about hockey betting. Hello. Thank you, thank I'm... I'm doing good today and actually I, that you bring up an interesting point because before we jump into all the basketball talk and we have a good time and we make jokes about Kyle Lowry's cake and all that um, nice. I just have to comment on one quick hockey thing and I want to send out a genuine sincere wholehearted fuck you to Gary Bettman and the NHL for deciding to ban pride tape it's just the latest example of them in no way taking their inclusivity and uh, LGBTQ support efforts in any way serious. This is even worse because this is has nothing to do with them asking teams to do something or hold certain nights. This is telling players who want to just on their own do a little something like put tape on their stick to show their support for a group that they can't do it. Uh, I implore all players, Fuck them. Do it anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, the NHL took a situation where last year when they ran into trouble in it, they expressly made the decision to not pick a side. They actively dismantled infrastructures to not pick a side and then came out this year and immediately picked a side. And it was the homophobic
1: side. So fuck you, Gary Bettman, and uh, fuck the NHL. Yeah, I guess they decided they really want the... They think they're really going to grow their business and, and, you know, catch up to the NBA, which is kicking their ass without looking at the numbers. I'm pretty sure they are business-wise um, by appealing to a very – are you appealing to say the NHL is just for white men, white straight men? Like, is that, is that really – you, you want to be like the UFC of team sports, which is – like, UFC does amazing business, but – a lot of people are turned off turned off by it because there is an air of toxic masculinity that kind of covers the sport. So I, I just the reason why the NBA kicks your ass is because they appeal to the younger generation. So maybe it's time to get the old crotchety men out of your, your business and start moving forward. But that's a saying to say on that. Now we can talk about basketball.
0: Well, yeah, uh, my last note on it is worth noting that the NHL has been appealing exclusively to straight white men for about 100 years now, and they are still in a at least distant third, maybe a close fourth with the other major American sports. So good job, guys. Keep up the great work. Yeah. All right. So now that we've got the hockey talk out of the way, this is our bonus pod basketball over-unders for those of you who are new to the podcast feed. We've gone through and done this so far for at least hockey. Did we do this for football?
1: We did. Okay, how's that going? Did we do well? My, my uh, Jalen Hyatt rookie rec- leading the rookie class in receiving yards, not looking good. Who did I take on that? I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if you Tell had a th- bet on that one. Man, if I did, let's just say it was Zay Flowers, not Puka. Oh fuck
0: yeah! I I, I forget Puka's not. A rook- or I, fr- I forget Puka is a rookie because he's just so poised and
1: adult with his big dick. He looks like a grown man 24-7. All right, so we've talked about
0: hockey and now football. Can we get to basketball? <laughs> Eventually, you know. That's the time, time the show. So for those of you who are new to this, what we do is we go through, and each Mike and I have picked four, I, my apologies, five over-unders and five other future bets that we'll be making for the 2023-2024 NBA season. And we're going to go through them here and over the course of what I hope will be about an hour and 15 minutes, but more realistically, be about two hours. And uh, talk about these 20 individual bets that we've made, or I guess I should say somewhere between one and 20 bets, because I don't know what bets Mike made. Maybe he just copied off my homework.
1: Uh, I, I actually I have a hard out in about 20 minutes, so we really got to get through this.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hard out.
1: <laughs> got a hard out. That That's fine. Me, I'm busy. I feel like this would be better when I do
0: it alone anyways. Oh, fuck you. You thought you got jokes. All right, Mike, kick or receive. Wait, it's basketball. Wait, uh, uh, it's a tip ball. There's, yeah, there's nothing here. I guess we both just jump and see who jumps the highest. Uh, you're taller, so like you're. No, you still stand up. Fly. Stand the fuck up. Oh, he's standing up now. We're both standing up on three, one. All right, this bit's not gonna be very good in post. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, all right, Mike, my first over under. In keeping with theme. The theme of today's podcast, of course, being Chicago. My first over-under, Chicago Bulls, under 37.5 wins at plus 100. So, 2023 or 2022-2023 record, they were 40-42, two games over 500, or one game over 500. In the offseason, they lost Pat Bev and Derek Jones and added Trey Craig, which I think is supposed to say Tory Craig, and Javon Carter. Uh, worth noting, This is Pat Bev doesn't seem like a huge loss but he did play 27 and a half minutes a night after being traded to the bulls. So, or I guess he was a, um, buyout guy, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, this team has zero draft picks in last Ooh. year's draft. They did not make a first or second round pick in the draft. You fact checking me there, brother?
1: No, no. I was just pulling up. I got a resource here to pull up all of their off season moves so I can, yeah. Is it track? track? No, it's uh, basketball.realgm.com.
0: I feel like you just registered that domain before (laughs) we went live here, and you're trying to push it now. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Everybody should go
1: there and enter their credit card information.
0: Uh, Worth noting on this bet also, Lonzo Ball already ruled out for the year. So you're betting on Zach Levine's health. You're betting on DeMar DeRozan. Entering into his mid 30s, continuing to be a high impact player. Not feeling great about it. Not feeling great about this team's chances. Uh, this bet is for them to only lose three more games over last year. And with an aging team and an improving East, I don't necessarily see them winning more than they, they, they won last year. So the other note I have here is the way I think I lose this bet is if we see a dramatic improvement from Patrick Williams or we get a full. Healthy 82-game season out of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan.
1: Am I wrong? Is it my memory fuzzy? Or are we not only, like, two years removed from the Bulls having, like, a good record and being at, like, a top six, like, in the top six in the East? I think they had a good run in Levine's first year, right? Yeah, and they got, um like, that, like, um, like resurgent DeMar DeRozan year that no one really saw coming. He's kind of he's been
0: low-key pretty good on his time with the Bulls. I just realized I forgot to turn off my AC unit, so if you have any Bulls thoughts, feel free to share them. Um, yeah, 21-22, uh, by the way, 46-36. and 36. DeMar DeRozan's been the best player on the team the last couple of years. Zach Levine had a few years before that, but overall not an incredibly inspiring roster. If you look at by salary, their top five players are Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, who is out for the season, Vucevic, and Kobe White. Kobe White, who this year, by the way, I found this interesting. Kobe White makes $11,111,111. He
1: had to have specifically
0: asked for that. He has to have some kind of OCD. I didn't look into it, but I'm going to guess it's just like a three-year contract for like $33 million.
1: Yeah. I hope you're right, because I still, for some reason, harbor resentment towards uh, Alex Caruso and his, his, like, squishy little, like, face he makes when he squints and looks all like... He looks like Jameis Winston when he plays basketball. Like, I don't know if he just... like I mean, he he wears a sweatband and somehow... I've never stole. seen
0: Jameis Winston play basketball, so... No, you know what I meant.
1: <laughs> uh, but he wears a sweat... A headband that somehow always has sweat in his eyes, so <laughs> I, I don't get it, but... No, I I looked at this Bulls team as well as I was kind of going through, and I was not surprised, but I was just kind of like, wow, this isn't a good roster, and made no notable moves whatsoever. So,
0: I don't know how much time you spend on basketball reference, but they do that thing where they have all of the players' nicknames listed there. Do you know any nicknames for Alex Caruso? No. (laughs) Here here are his listed nicknames. Ready? Uh Uh-huh. White Mamba 2.0. Oh god. Bald Mamba. Bald Eagle. Carousel show, which they have that like on on like bus stop ads all over Chicago. Goat AC, which is just his initials. And of course, the accountant.
1: The accountant? He doesn't look like an accountant. He looks more yeah. like a goblin. <laughs> That, I feel, I feel targeted as a fellow white man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, is it because he's so nerdy looking? God, I guess so. Accountant. Like that. That's what I feel like. As a bald white man, I don't know. How, I don't know how to take that. People that have never seen accountants think Alex
0: Caruso looks like an accountant. He kind of does. He kind of does. Look,
1: but I'd be worried if I went into a meeting with my accountant and he was just like all squinted and and confused looking, like he does I, when he, he's on the court. I would just be
0: worried if my accountant was wearing a sweatband.
1: Actually, be, you know I, what? I I rescind that.
0: I, I want to find an accountant who wears a sweatband. That guy's got dedication, unlike any other accountant.
1: Right. Look at the hustle and the jam on my accountant. <laughs> Let's go. All right, Mike, you want to give me your first over-under? Yeah. Of the podcast? My first one. My first one I knew I was probably going to do it before I even looked into it. That's always a good team. way to bet. Yep. Is yep. to
0: decide your bet before looking at the odds or the research.
1: <laughs> yep. I knew it was going to happen, though. It's a team that, that I fell in love with last year. Really a team that I think America has fallen in love with the Oklahoma city thunder over 44 and a half wins minus 114. They got 40 wins last season. They did not have much in the way of notable additions to the team. So you're probably wondering why I'm so confident they can win basically five more games from last season. I'm going to tell you why I love the starting five. I just love the starting five. (laughs) All right. You got SGA, who I think after last season has cemented himself as a bona fide stud, one of the top not like tippy top stars, but he is a star in this league. You got my guy Josh Giddy makes a massive leap from year one to year two. You got Jalen Williams, who looks like Which they one? hit on. Uh the one the one spelt J-A-L-E-N, not the one J A not J A Y. Uh but if he starts playing good, they have a great Jalen and Jalen, you know marketing like ad right there that they can put it's like when Casey. josh
0: allen sacks josh allen and play-by-play guys lose their fucking mind
1: yeah but uh so the the good the better jalen had a great rookie season then he got dort putting people in the torture chamber coming off wins in, winning a bronze medal so you know he's got momentum rolling and then the big thing if you're going with this bet is the question of do you believe in chet holmgren i'm believing in chet holmgren 7-1 The dude did shoot the three very well in college. He shot it well in his first uh, NBA Summer League the previous year before he got shut down because of his Liz Frank, which I think is in the foot, correct? Yeah, left foot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, you have a Liz Frank in both feet, but Chet Holmgren got shut down because of the Liz Frank. It's Liz Frank surgery. It's not a Liz Frank. You don't have a Liz Frank in your foot.
1: (laughs) Oh, you don't. Okay. Um, Oh, so uh, Chet Holmgren and Daniel Day-Lewis have something in common.
0: Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out how to get there too. They're both. Yeah. Yeah, there will be blood, right? That's where you're going with this. Uh, sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, see any I've any always other... heard Chet Holm- Holmgren say, "This is my son, H.W. Holmgren."
1: <laughs> but yeah, I am buying into Chet Holmgren. If he gets the three going, it carries over to the NBA. We got a little Kristaps Porzingis, a little unicorn at the five. Uh, I'm all about OKC over 44 and a half. Uh yeah, I'm
0: completely in on that. I think that the number is probably a little low. Um, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of over unders in the West. You can see that have been artificially deflated because the West is just really good right now. But I think you just can't account for the fact that they're going from playing like Pokachevsky like, I, I, I didn't look at the number, but, like, say, 17 to 21 minutes a night to replacing that with the number two overall pick from two seasons ago. Um, worth noting, when... Oh, why don't they have raid statistics on here? Fucking Christ. When Holmgren was at Gonzaga for his only season there, he did attempt 105 threes in 32 games. So, I do think that that's something that we can see. Oh, there we go. Uh, 39% from three. Now, typically... You don't want to look at college three-point percentage as a measure of shooting. A much more consistent way to look to see if someone's a good shooter or not is free-throw percentage, which hits was only 71%. But still, getting a big who can hit threes at a league average rate really fucks with defenses. So if we do see him come in, start taking threes, any game that he's not playing against uh, Victor Wimbayama, he'll probably be the biggest shooter on the court so I think that's a uh like you said they didn't add anyone but in a way they did add a very good player hopefully
1: yeah their only real additions as far as like outside of draft picks from this season were like Davis Bertans and Victor Oladipo so guys will be coming off the bench
0: yeah you gotta I mean you know it'll help a lot if Bertans can hit shots and
1: also if they can trade Oladipo again for something and that's the other piece here It's a total, you know, what if sliding doors, whatever you want to say. They have so much assets, draft capital, who knows, partway through the season, someone is angry and wants out or someone's tanking and decides to get rid of one of their big players. OKC has the, uh, the ammunition to go out there and make that move. You think this can be the Brunson team when he inevitably gets upset? I'm mad you would even attempt to put that into the ether. So I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it down right now. No, this feels like this feels like the Carl Anthony Towns team. Oh my god. Cat at the four and Chet at the 5 Mm-hmm. Monsters. They'd be yeah. monsters. Yeah, that'd be pretty good, right? Yeah. I wouldn't I would never wish that upon you. I'd never wish for you to lose one of your biggest stars. I'm not spiteful like that, so. Maybe Gobert then. You'd be how happy would you be? <laughs> I'd be ecstatic. If they sent us like Lou Dort in a second for Gobert, I'd be like, yeah! Oh. Dort? Feels like a Timberwolf. I don't know why. I could totally see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, he kind of does. He feels like someone should like he should be like a a Timberwolf, or like maybe like a bench player on the Bucks. Like he yeah. should be in the 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 North. He should be further north.
1: He's not north enough. Tim North. Tim North. Lou North. I was I was chuckling because Google Docs for torture was like, "Did you mean torture? <laughs> no, I meant torture."
0: <laughs> you got any other uh, any other notes? What was that? It was 46 and a half? 44 and, a half. 44 and a half. You got any other notes on that?
1: Back to you. All
0: right. This one don't feel great about. Don't feel great about it at the odds, but it is worth throwing out there. The Detroit Pistons over 27 and a half wins at minus 110. Last year, Mike, their record? 17 and 65. So, we're looking at 11 more wins this season. They lost Corey Joseph and Rodney Magruder. Big Rodney Magruder guy. Can't say I am. Went to K-State.
1: What does that mean for me?
0: It doesn't mean anything. I don't even know if he went to K-State. Okay. Uh, They drafted Asar Thompson at number five. In the preseason, they've had him playing over Jade Nivey. So they have Jade Nivey coming off the bench. They acquired James Winston. Or Jesus. Why? You got me fucked up with the James Winston talk earlier. James Wiseman late in the season via trade. And like I said, winning 10 more games is a lot, but it's worth noting that Cade Cunningham missed most of, la- most of last season. They hired Monty Williams. They're adding Ossar Thompson. Now, I do want to... Uh, disclaimers, right? I don't know if Cade's ever going to be like a top 15 guy. Like, I think he's going to be like pretty good. But I don't know if he's going to be one of the, whoa. we have the guy guys so it does worry me a little bit that even if he takes like a leap this year i don't know if he's even going to be in the say what we expect to have like palo ben caro range so having him as your number one guy might not be great and they have a lot of fucking guards on this team but my concerns with this bet are that it's 11 more wins what happens if Cade doesn't improve? What happens if Ossar Thompson doesn't play well? And we don't really know if Monty Williams is a good coach. We just know that he had Chris Paul and Devin Booker, which is like two of the best. At at the time when uh, Chris Paul first came over, two of the best, what, 11, 12 players in the league that year? Maybe that's a little high for Chris Paul, but.
1: I mean, I definitely like if you break it down to just guards, probably. Yeah. But
0: it's kind of a lot, you know? We don't know if, if Money Williams is going to be a good coach yet or not. And you got to worry about Cade. And you put in a lot of faith in a very young team. Although, tell you what, Killian Aide's getting some playing time.
1: I'm pretty sure we mentioned it way back in the days of yore on this podcast when we talked about the NBA draft. I'm a fan of Thompson and Thompson, brothers in law. Both of them, A-Man and uh, uh, Usher. I think A-Man's the one who got hurt. Did he get hurt? Mm, maybe. I, I haven't maybe. seen news on that, but that doesn't mean that he didn't. Yeah, I feel like I remember hearing he got hurt at
0: some point over the summer. Anyway. I keep thinking you're calling him, like, A-Man. Like, you're giving him a
1: nickname? Is it pronounced Amen? I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Amen. Amun. Amun, it Amun. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spelled with an E, not an a I oh, but I guess no. Wait, but wait, I guess, so for the that's second, right, amen. Like the amen. second sorry, podcast
0: in a row, we're quibbling about how pronunciation has to be phonetic. Who was it on Monday that you were bitching about? I can't remember. Awfully convenient that you can't Awfully remember. Something.
1: But to go to your your Kade Cunningham point, he's um from the Jalen Green draft, if I remember correctly, and he's the third, number one pick in that draft. And then Green went second or third, third, I think. But I I feel like that draft in general, we're still kind of. There's question like, marks.
0: Yeah, that was like the second or third draft where it was like COVID guys, and it's just yeah. hard to tell. Like, out of the COVID guys, the only real top-end pick that hits seems to be Ant. hmm There's some...
1: Um, You're right, sprained ankle I'm, for Amon Thompson. Okay. Uh, there's definitely some young talent on the team. They got themselves a Bogdanovich. We all love Bogdanovich here. And I do like Monty Williams... But you bring up a good point that he's a little unproven coaching a team that doesn't have, like, all-star talent. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I guess the only thing that scares me is the amount of wins. The win spike you're going to need to hit this one. But I don't hate it. Um,
0: Jalen Green was second. Evan Mobley third. So Evan Mobley also seems to be a hit so far. And Scotty Barnes fourth, who won Rookie of the Year and then kind of plateaued. Ah! You know who's a big steal from that draft? I know I'm getting off topic three bets into this podcast. Josh Giddy at six. How about that? Ooh. Franz Wagner at eight. Oh. Oh man. I guess. Chicago trade
1: out of that pick. This is a great draft. Really, it's just picks one and two that still have a bunch of question marks around them. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, they're getting nailed it.
2: Alphar and Singoon?
0: Nothing for Singoon. <laughs> nothing for Sangoon. Not big Singoon. Grey Man.
1: I you piece know what? So, giddy, can, so Can we uh can we start a new podcast where I just read off drafts? With no like analysis, nothing else. You just, yeah, just
0: read them. Just this. You like scroll down to you know, like the second round and you go, Ah, Luca Garza
1: and you do a, yeah you have to do a different read on each one kind of like that like, Sims that acting class uh, exercise where they just go do the alphabet but do like a different read on each letter you just do that
0: all right Coming to talent alone podcast network this spring all right mike so so far we have bulls under 37 and a half okc over 44 and a half and detroit over 27 and a half what is your second over under there mike williams All
1: right, I am very down on this team. The Miami Heat, under 44.5 at plus 100. I'm taking that at plus money. They won 44 last year, so I'm looking for them to literally lose just one more game, and or no, just win the same amount, and it's a hit. And this team's no better than they were last year. No significant additions. The uh, weird kind of bench player dream team that, you know, Took him on that run in the playoffs. They obviously saw that wasn't sustainable. They traded Max Struess. They let Gabe Vincent walk, who went to the Lakers. it's kind of, the roster's old in many facets. I mean, Jimmy Butler's 34 all of a sudden. Don't know when that happened. Kyle Lowry, 37 years old. Another one where I knew he was old, but didn't know he was that old. That's kind of mean for me to say old, I feel like. But you know what I mean. Josh Richardson may have been the only slightly notable addition they made. He's only 30, but in sports, once you hit 30, you're, you're, you know, on the old man side. Kevin Love, 35. God, this team's so fucking old. Yeah, and then you get to, like, Tyler Hero, yeah, he's 23. And surprisingly, bam, Adebayo. bio, every year, I'm like, yeah, that dude's, like, 35. He's only 26. Yeah, he's, he's been in
0: the league for, like, I think six years, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. but uh, it's, he feels like Joe Burrow or Kenny Pickett where it's like that guy had to get drafted when he was
1: like 25. Right. Yeah. Uh, they brought in RJ Hampton if you're a big RJ Hampton guy, but he is on a two way deal. I just, this roster, I'm I'm not a fan of it. They made no significant additions and they, they swung and whiffed on two of the big trade targets in the offseason, Bradley Beal and uh, Dame Lillard. The team's no better. They're not going to win more wins if they're no better. My only argument you can make that would maybe make me kind of go, oh, maybe you're right. They could just hit the over, win one more game, is Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He has a way of getting a lot out of little at times, as we saw last season. But I feel confident in the under here. Yeah. Also worth noting, last
0: year saw Jimmy Butler play his, I mean, the most games in his Miami 10-year second most game since the 2018-19 season. He played 64 games last year. Uh, Prior to that, 57, 52, 58, 55, then is the year where he played 65, then 59. So, going back from when he left Chicago, he really doesn't seem to play more than around 60 games very often. So if you're just getting what can be expected here, four or five less games of Jimmy Butler. It would be very hard for them to get less Jimmy Butler and end up with more wins.
1: And Butler's one of those guys who plays very hard, especially in the playoffs, as we've seen in two of the last uh, three years. So it feels like a 34 plus a 34 with a lot of mileage on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't have it up in front of me. I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Amongst active players, he is currently 30th in minutes played. And just quickly looking through this list, every one of these guys is older than him. Serge Ibaka, Goran Dragic, uh, Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Eric Gordon, Kevin Love, Harrison Barnes, Paul George, DeAndre Jordan, Damian Lillard, Wesley Matthews, Brooke Lopez, Nicholas Batum, Drew Holiday, Steph Curry. I mean, all these guys are older than him. And they, they you know, Kimball Walker, uh, George Hill, PJ Tucker, Gordon Hayward, Blake Griffin are the guys right behind him. So... You're right there, that he just has a ton of minutes. He has 25,000 minutes played. Holy shit. Also worth noting, he did come into the NBA late, and is still there. He was a four-year guy in college. And is still amongst the tippity-top in minutes played.
2: All right, I'll kick it
1: back over to you. Who you got?
0: Next up, staying in the East, I have Indiana Pacers over 38.5 wins at minus 110. So they lost. No one really significant, but added Bruce Brown. Now they overpaid for Bruce Brown, but that's kind of the small market deal. You want a good player, you got to overpay for them. They drafted Jairus Wallace at eight. And they only need four more games than they won last year. Last year, they went 35 and 47, and the win total this year is thirty-eight and a half. and And this team is like quietly better than you realize. Like going by salaries, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, who they are in trade talks with right now, so... Maybe ignore that one a little bit. Dale Tice, Benedict Matherin, Obi Toppin, Tyrese Halliburton, Ari Nace, Nace, Jesus, Nace Smith, uh, Jalen Smith, Ben Shepard, Malik Fitz. Just wanted to see if I could get you on any of the last few, but they like up top, they're definitely like a better team than you realize. Andrew Nimhard is another guy coming off the bench. Another young guy. The big questions on here and the big concerns are if they do, end up trading some of these pieces you know miles turner has been in trade talks for years actively going on podcasts and telling the lakers to draft him and they since the end of september have apparently been in active trade talks about moving buddy healed and that'll definitely hurt them but if they don't move these then you're getting that at a really good value right now i mean this team the east is getting weaker the west is getting stronger and you're talking about a team who went 35 and 47 last year with another year, another offseason of Ty- Tyrese Halliburton improvement. And they added Bruce Brown, who's just one of those, like, do-everything, small-ball-five glue guys. I mean, he's he's that guy who, every time he's on a team, you're like, why isn't Bruce Brown making more money? Like, when he was on when he was on uh, uh, Brooklyn, you, like, watch the Nets, and you're like, this Bruce Brown guy's pretty fucking good. And then last year in the playoffs, you watch him, and you're like,
1: this Bruce Brown guy's pretty fucking good. I love the Bruce Brown edition, and I I agree they did have to pay a little more than you might like, but they had to pay the, I just want a ring tax, which happens a lot with depth guys on on championship teams.
0: Yeah, the, I just want a ring tax on top of the, this is a small market tax.
1: Exactly. Plus, a good thing to note with Tyrese Halliburton, as far as if you are betting the over on this one, only played 56 games. The season ended in early March after he got hurt. You're gonna get more games, hopefully, out of Tyrese Halberton. He is a phenomenal point guard. I don't think I still don't think he gets enough respect. I don't think enough people talk about him, in my opinion. It's a solid team. What was the the over under again? 38 and a half. Oh, they can hit that. Yeah. I mean, this feels oh, like yeah.
0: a 500 team. For sure. My my biggest concerns are that they flip Heald and turner and they don't get players back. They get picks back. Mm-hmm. Now, if they turn Heald and Turner into one better player than those two, not to keep going back to the well, but if they turn Heald and Turner into Carl Anthony Towns, this team improves its win total. But if they turn Heald and Turner into like three firsts and some pick swaps, this team is not improving its win total. Also, you really need to hope for the Andrew Nimhard and Benedict Mathurin improvements. Mathurin had like a really good start last season and looked like the runaway favorite for rookie of the year and then kind of started to... Or maybe two seasons ago, and kind of started to to fall apart, and you know got exposed as what he was. He's a really good six man scorer, kind of in like the Jamal Crawford mold of uh of career type, or or Lou Williams mold of career type. And if he can improve and become a more efficient scorer, I think that helps a lot. But if they if both those guys stay stagnant in their growth, then that's really gonna
1: hurt. I actually looked at this one and considered taking the over as well. I mean, Obi Toppin, I mean, that adds wins right there, you know? I mean, it's just going to be constant Halliburton to Toppin lobs. I mean, it's it's going to be like the final game in semi-pro where he gets the vision from his dead mother and she tells him about the alley-oop. That's what we're looking at here with Halliburton and Toppin. Highlight plays all day. I also have later on in the podcast, I'll say a little more about the Pacers as I have a Pacers-related bet in our other futures. I think you might remember more about Semi-Pro
0: than either Will Ferrell or Adam McKay. It is impressive how well you remember that movie.
1: Someone at my day job the other day walked down the hall. He was rocking a Flint, tropic, uh, Flint Tropics jersey. I, was like, I oh, my dude. If that was a hoodie,
0: that'd be sick. I don't know why you're rocking a Flint Tropics jersey. It must have <laughs> been like 90 bucks to
1: buy. Yeah. All right, Mike. Let's get your second over under, third over under, third over under, third over under. We're heading out west to the Southwest Division, to be exact. The Dallas Mavericks, over forty-four and a half points, or over forty-four and a half wins. How many loser points does that take? I don't know. Minus one ten. They won thirty-eight wins in uh, last season. This is not a thirty-eight, a sub-five hundred team. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irvin, coming into year two, having a full off season together. I think they'll have a great season. They added Grant Williams, 39.5% from three. I think that's a good piece. I like this kind of Dwight Powell, Derek Lively, the second combo they're going to have at the five, splitting time there. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench is where he should be, in my opinion. Their biggest loss was Christian Wood. I really like Christian Wood. They brought in Seth Curry on a very cheap deal, which I know me and you both liked at the time. He's above average in his defensive rating, 40% from three. That's a great depth piece to have as well. I think Curry and Grant give Kyrie and Luka some help. It is going to force defenses to have to keep an eye on them and as a eye on them as catch and shoot options, which can help when Kyrie and Donchitz are going to drive in. They actually have someone they can kick the ball out to to knock down a shot.
0: Okay, I'm actually on the opposite side from you. Ooh. So let's let's have it out here, all right? Let's do good out, bud. Alright, alright. My my bet's a little different here. I'm not on the under, so I'll, I'll get into that when I get into that. Um, first off, I do want to note, Kyrie Irving hasn't played above 60 games in
2: five seasons.
1: COVID's over, though. And hopefully he makes no more off-colored comments.
0: Okay, but he, here, I I, I want to play, play a little name game here with you. Uh-huh. You tell me Who you think is going to end up with more wins at the end of the season, okay? Denver or Dallas? Denver. Memphis or Dallas? Dallas.
2: Sacramento or Dallas? Even. Can I say that? No. You got to pick one or the other. Slight, slight Sacramento. Phoenix or Dallas? Phoenix. The Clippers or Dallas? Dallas. Golden State or Dallas? Golden State. Los Angeles Lakers or Dallas? Los Angeles Lakers. Timberwolves or Dallas? Dallas. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. Pelicans or Dallas? Dallas. And the Thunder or Dallas? Well, I I can't go against my Thunder. I love them, so I'll say OKC. So you have Dallas...
0: You have Dallas not like making it out of the play-in, like you have them in the playoffs, without having to play in the play-in. Basically,
1: that's wild, wildly high. If you don't like this bet. You're really not going to like one of my other futures, but we will get to that when we get to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so they lost, they lost Christian Wood, they lost Justin Holiday, they lost Frankie Smokes. Mm-hmm. They brought in Grant Williams, but their like whole team is backups. It's you, Kyrie and Luca who are like top tier, right? But then Tim Hardaway, Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, Maxi Kleba, Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, Derek Lively, Oliver Maxine Prosper. Who's
1: their third guy? I watched Kyrie and LeBron drag a bag of bench players to an NBA title. All right. First off, Kevin Love. Uh, that, that, that was their third guy. He was, he was, all right. he's kind of nice. I don't know. <laughs> He started His hair started graying when he was 29, so I, I don't know. Yeah, and LeBron started regenerating when he was 33. I don't know why we're talking about hair all of a sudden. That's true. <laughs> I was going to buy it. I'm big on, big on Irving and Donchich here, too. I think they're going to be a menace to the rest of the league. I think Dallas should feel lucky if they make the play-in.
0: Wow. That Irving Kyrie thing never made sense to me. Irving Kyrie. That that uh, Irving Luka thing never made sense to me. It's two guys who don't do shit when they don't have the ball.
1: You're out here doubting Dante Exum coming off the bench. How old if, do you think Dante Exum is? Oh, man. He was drafted a hot minute ago. I'm going to guess he's like 30. First off, he doesn't appear to be on any team. Oh, did he? They not hang on to him? Maybe not. Uh,
0: he might have just been out of the NBA for a couple years. Maybe yeah, okay. he's back now. Um, what 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 did you say his age was? He's twenty eight. Did you look that up, or are you guessing? No, he's twenty eight. I looked it up. Okay. How is that physically possible that he's twenty eight?
1: It's how time works, brother. I was you? Not in the real world. I will definitely be keeping keeping tabs on this one since you are so against me. You dare yeah. doubt me? Dallas is like a slightly under five hundred team. Like they're forty and forty two. Maybe the eight seed. Let me ask you this. You think the Clippers are going to be an above 500 team? Yes. You're out of pocket. <laughs> You're out of pocket. You're out of pocket to put, to say the Clippers are above 500 and not the Mavs. The Clippers over-under is currently set at forty-five and, a half. and it, uh, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit me with your number four, brother. All
0: right. Uh speaking of the West, Los Angeles Lakers over 47 and a half wins at minus or I'm sorry, not minus one eighteen. Um at minus one oh six. Minus one fourteen. Was... Jesus, I, I had all my numbers fucked up. At minus one fourteen.
1: Real quick, today it was minus one oh four, moved a little, and brother, that was my next one. I'm so in on this one. I'm in on this Lakers team.
0: It, it, i think it's down to forty six and a half, isn't it? I have I have it at forty seven and a half, but I have fan duel up and it's at forty six and a half now.
1: Oh wow, it was as of really early this morning, it was 47 and a half, so.
0: Yeah, so I think that they bet the market bet it down a point, and now everyone's hitting the over. Mm-hmm. That one game, and now they're all in. Weird. So, last season, 43 and 39. In the offseason, they lost Dennis Schroeder, Troy Brown, Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba, Lonnie Walker, added Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, Taurine Prince. Now, they haven't topped this win total since the bubble. And that's the only time they've done it in the LeBron era. And LeBron is going to be 39.
2: And Anthony Davis has
0: been injury prone in his career. But that is such a good supporting cast for this team. That might be the best supporting cast since LeBron's days in Miami.
1: I mean, it's legit, man. I love that... The Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes signings, I really like. I feel like it gives them some AD insurance. If he gets, has some, if some of his usual injuries during the regular season, you got capable guys to step in and handle the load at center. Like you said, the depth they added, Wood gave Vincent, and Prince. I love the little combo there of Rui Hachimura and Vanderbilt playing at the four. No major losses. The NBA was dumb, and no one tried to offer sheet Austin Reeves, so he's coming back. 39 or not, I think we're getting a, getting a healthy and motivated LeBron in his final year with the Lakers.
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of those seasons where LeBron can take so many possessions off and this team can still score. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a starting lineup of, like, LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt, and we'll just say D'Lo, for argument's sake. There's three guys on the floor that aren't LeBron that can score. And then on the other end, having AD Vanderbilt and Ruiz reach. There's three guys who can defend multiple positions. You can, I mean, you can load manage LeBron during games. He can be on the court load managing. They still, I think have the bullets in the gun to make a move or two. Also, I mean that DLO contract at 17.307, uh, like is perfect for like a mid-level exception team. And you could package that with like some of these other guys, like Jackson Hayes or Cam Reddish, who are a little lower if you want to get up into like the $20 million player range. They still have some picks they can move around. So they have the ability to add more if they need it. But honestly, I mean, this team is probably his best supporting cast since Miami.
1: Are you high on Jalen Hood, Shafino? No real thoughts. The real thoughts. He's, on he's the in, uh, Indiana, right? Yeah, he did play at Indiana. Very nice, very nice. Mid first round pick, so those ones are always are a little tougher to think what their role is going to be in their first year. But who knows? D'Lo struggles. Maybe we get a little. Maybe we get a little JLS or JHS. My bad. Whatever happened? To THT? Where did Taylor Horton Tucker go? Portland. Portland. Did Little THT in Portland. Okay, interesting. They're over under. I don't have them on here because I couldn't make a, a convincing argument very low, obviously. Utah. Ah. He's part of the Vanderbilt trade. Yeah, Utah is an island of misfit toys, if I've ever seen one. But no, I totally agree. I love this Lakers team. I think a lot of people started to jump on them last year down the stretch and in the playoffs because a lot of their moves at the deadline worked out so well. It's going to carry over, in, over into this year. Don't sleep on these Lakers, people. All right, Mike. Did we just combine for one? Did you have Lakers over also? I did, so I can give my number five if you like. Yeah, give your number five. We'll we'll switch around the order. We'll make it snake suddenly for the last two. Yeah. So the uh, the aforementioned Los Angeles Clippers, the the redheaded stepchild of LA basketball teams, not a fan. And I took the under. Forty-four under 45.5 at plus 104. They won 44 last year. So if they just come back and do the same thing, I got Kashmani coming into my Keshmani. pocket. Kashmani. Kashmani. This is another old man team. Kind of. Russ is 34, and he's not good anymore. Sorry, I finally, after years of defending Russ and saying he should have won that MVP, I have fallen off the bandwagon. Leonard is, Kawhi Leonard is a old 32 and that he seems to always get hurt. Paul George Thirty-three. Also some injury concerns there. Oh, don't worry. They got Nicholas Batum. Ooh, that's real nice at thirty at thirty-four. The only young guy is uh, Zubak at twenty six. Their depth some of their depth pieces are like kind of meh for me. Mason Plumley. I am not one of the most traded men in the league because he's constantly considered like that depth piece you need to win a title it is Robert Covington. And it's never worked out. Has Covington ever won a title on any of the teams he was traded to? No, I don't think so. Yeah, and a couple of their young guys, like Kavion Martin, I don't know if they're going to give him enough time to have an impact. And also, what they need to do is feed Bones. Bones Highland needs to be all over this court. It could happen with injuries, but they have all these old men in front of them that I think they're going to stick with getting most of the playing time. I just don't like it. I don't like it. And they could just be... I don't, they didn't really have any sizable additions. So let's say they're the exact same team as last year. Then they are going to win the same amount of games and the under will hit.
0: Uh, worth noting. I believe this is a list from entering last year. The Clippers average age was 27.98 years, which made them the fourth oldest team in the NBA, but they are that old bag of bones, Eric Gordon in the off season. So great. Right? That's true. They didn't get rid of Eric Gordon. How old is he? Like 45? Yeah, I, I believe he's pushing 50 at this point. Yeah. So I'm going to staunchly disagree with you on this because I still think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are top-tier players. Uh, and they, you know, they outlawed load management, so they have to play all 82 games. If he, either in- one of them misses the game,
1: they're canceled. <laughs> that increases the injury risk with Kawhi. That dude stubs his toe, and he's down for 20 games. He really
0: is. He really is. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I've dug in my heels that the Clippers are a good team, but this over-under number is actually kind of (laughs) high.
1: Right? Like, the board man has become the glass man. And I'm just saying, if if you're going to hitch your wagon to Paul George and Kawhi can take this team to 45 wins, then I don't see why Doncic and Irving can't take the Mavericks to 45 wins.
0: Better supporting cast. Come on. Russ is is a
1: better bench player, better supporting player
0: than anyone. But he's not going to come off the bench. He's going to start. I said supporting.
1: I corrected. Okay. But then you also have to worry about the games where Russ goes, like, tries to take over a game, you know, where he's going to have Paul George open for a game-winning shot. And instead, he's going to drive into three defenders and miss a layup. (laughs) No, Mike, I think you have to worry about the games when Russ does take over the game.
0: Are you the Russ guy now? Have we totally yeah. flipped? We switched. We swapped in the middle. It's like that episode of It's Always Sunny where
1: they flop on guns. This, uh, all right, these I almost feel like we, we need to make a bet who will finish the season with more wins, Clippers or Mavericks. Oh, man. You know what? Call your guys a fan duel. See if they can make that an official bet. I meant me and you. Case of beer. Yeah. I take Mavs. You take Clippers.
0: But you already owe me a case of beer. No, I don't. Yeah, from when they wore Kevin Durant jersey at WrestleDream. They did
1: not wear a Kevin Durant jersey. Pretty sure they you, did. You liar. Pretty sure. Pretty sure they did. They did not.
0: All right, case of beer. Yeah, case of beer. Case of beer and a new Bentley. Uh, to whoever is correct about
1: the win total. A tiny miniature Bentley. Nope, regular sized one. You shouldn't regular. worry, right? You're confident in your pick. I'll take a Bentley. It's a big upgrade over my Nissan Sentra.
0: <laughs> I just can't believe how much you're doubting Terrence, man. <laughs> you trey man no trey man's on the uh thunder
1: oh that's right Terrence man is a problem Terrence man was a problem in one playoff game when he went ballistic since then he's been a pretty solvable problem also
0: you talk about how old this team is terence man 26
1: i'll change my tune if they they make bones highland the centerpiece.
0: I love the idea of bones dribbling and waving off Kawhi and Paul George so that he can go like ISO against Brooke Lopez or something. Who is the big
1: that happened with the team last year? Who was yeah, it?
0: Bones Highland waved off Jokic. Oh, that's wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that takes balls. That's moxie. You gotta love it. Now you're
0: arguing for the Clippers.
1: What is happening? Pick a side. I'm not flip-flopping. I I've always been a big Russ guy. Maybe Norman Powell will save the team, but I'm not buying into it. Clippers under. Mavericks are a better team. All right, Mike, my final over-under of the
0: day. Toronto Raptors under 36 and a half wins at minus 115. Mike, let me ask you this. What do you think the Raptors record was last year?
2: Doing math, hold on. I'm
0: going to say 38 and 44. 41 and 41. Oh, okay. They were exactly 500. So they're under. They would have to lose five more games. Worth noting, they already lost Fred Van Fleet. He went to the Rockets. He's now the star in the South, you know? The new James Harden. Mm -hmm. White Mamba 2.1. They added Dennis Schroeder and Jalen McDaniels, who are pieces I like, but not guys who can replace Freddie Van Smokes. New rookie head coach in Darko. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Ryakovic? Ryakovic? Ray, mm-hmm. Ryajidikovic. So that's a question gonna, mark.
1: I'm just going to say he nailed it.
0: Know. We have no idea how good he's going to be. They drafted Grady Dick at 13, which is not really relevant to their win total, but it's fun to say his name. Grady Dick. <laughs> Toronto has refused to pick a direction. So here's what I, I, I propose to you in reality. If you are a gambling man out there, I do think Toronto comes in under this number, but take whichever number has the longer odds because Toronto has to pick a direction this year. So they either have to trade their assets for a third person to put next to OG and Pascal Siakam, or they have to trade those guys. And I don't know which way they're going to go. Masai Ujiri has played a wild card in both directions by not matching FVV, but also he was the guy that traded for Kawhi Leonard and brought a title to Toronto. So, it really could go either way. It's nearly impossible to predict. I think they can get more if they trade away OG, and if they trade away Pascal Siakam, and even if they trade away Jakob Pertl. But there's still the possibility out there that they leverage their future and bring in a Carl uh, anthony Towns-style person for maybe six or seven first-round
1: picks. What? Is there some scuttlebutt out in the Timberwolves ether that he's he's getting traded this year? It's and been scuttlebutt if, for a minute now. It, it, and if so, would you take Mitchell Robinson and some first? A lot of firsts, yeah. A lot of firsts? Why want would the, I uh, want a
0: big back? The problem with having Townsend
1: Gobert on the team is too many bigs. That's true, and even worse, Mitch can't play the four. So you now just have two centers. Yeah, two centers that can't shoot. Yeah, never mind. Oh, I'll give you a Randall. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Someone take them. Stop break. it.
0: So like, yeah, it, at some point this season, they have to make a choice. They're so wishy-washy. I mean, it makes sense that they were exactly 500 last season. Because like I said, they refused to trade away OG or Pascal last year. They they signed, they traded for, and then signed Jakob Pertl to a $78 million contract, and then still let Fred Van Vliet walk. The way I see that myself losing this bet is if Darko is, like, a really good head coach, like, really good first year. I mean, but he'd have to be, like, Nick Nurse good, and I don't know how many coaches in the NBA are going to be Nick Nurse good. Or, if Toronto decides to buy... And picks up like an all-star level player at the trade deadline or earlier because trade deadline might be too late for them to hit this over. Uh, My only other concern is the Scotty Barnes ascension. If Scotty Barnes turns into like a top 15 forward in the league, that can be a little scary for betting the under. Mm -hmm. But they got to pick a side. There's money to be made here. As soon as Toronto picks a side.
1: Going from Fred Van Fleet to Dennis Schroeder not exactly equal value, to say the least. Your big worries are the threesome of OG, Pascal, and Scotty Barnes. For a long time I called Anthony Simons the babyface killer. He lost the mantle. It's now Scotty Barnes. Alright? He's got the baby face and he he's he's a problem out there. Scotty Barnes is a problem. He's a problem. Alright. They have some surprising pieces on their bench that I did not realize were there. Not to sound ignorant, ignorant as a basketball fan, but they have like one of the elite. Like, is he really good, guys? And Otto Porter Jr. Um, is anyone think, asking if Otto Porter Jr. is really good? Not anymore. But for a stretch there, when he was in Washington, I feel like people were like, "Is Otto Porter Jr.?" Okay, what yeah, it, that's fair. It? When yeah. he was when he was a wizard, people were
0: like, "Kind of like this Otto Porter kid."
1: Yeah, he's like the, but, he's like Kelly Ubre East. That that's a good one. I like that. If I was. Masai Ujiri Ujiri thank you I would go the rebuilding route I get a great return for Siakam I think you can get another good return for Ananobi hell if you could get some team at the deadline who wants point guard depth I'd ship Dennis Schroeder out too and start loading up to either get real young rebuild the team on a slower rebuild pace or get well no because even if you did those moves to stock up on the draft capital you would have two weak of a roster to even be in a spot to just go get one big superstar so yeah i'm, I'm saying total rebuild time for the, the uh toronto raptors you know what would actually be a pretty
0: good trade there is moving like pascal siakam to okc and getting some
1: of those picks that they've accumulated in the building yeah so i called scotty barnes the babyface killer he's 22 years old he's got that baby face gary trent jr is only 24 and has the face of a 34 year old no maybe a 40 year old <laughs> have you seen his picture i'm looking it up now i know what gary trent jr looks like yeah yeah that looks like gary trent jr <laughs> i man has got bags under the eyes bro but i do like gary trent jr no no uh no offense what's the ryan rossillo guy sham it sham it face Sham it face, sham <laughs> face. <laughs>
0: Gary Trent Jr. has up all night with a baby face. Yeah. I agree. All right, Mike. That Mm -hmm. is the over-under segment. Uh, Did you have any final notes before we move on to general futures?
1: No, uh, I do have one, actually. And that was when I... Why the fuck did you say no? Because I like to swerve people. He said no, but he actually has one. (laughs) When I started doing this, I was all prepared to go in and hit the 76ers under... At the time the line on the under was a little heavy, like a lot of people were hitting it. It was forty right, but I don't know if it's shifted because now it's moved to forty seven and a half and actually people people are on the over. It's minus one twenty and you can get the under at minus one oh two. Didn't don't have extensive like notes on it or looked into it a lot, but I don't know, forty eight wins for the seventy sixers. That's real quick. what do you think of that? Uh, or, I think
0: that yeah. they are a 50 win team.
1: Oh, yeah. You think a 50 team?
0: Okay. Yeah. I, also, worth noting here, I mean, you got to think like the top two seeds in both conferences are going to be hanging around or above 50 wins. Mm-hmm. And Philly's probably the third seed, so I guess you can put them kind of in that conversation. Um, worth noting there, what do you think is worse for their win total? If they keep James Harden or if they trade him?
1: That's de- so dependent on I'll say yes with the caveat that if they get some yes to what I gave you two options I said yes with the caveat what is
0: worse oh sorry their win total if they keep James Harden (laughs) or if they trade him and you said yes
1: (laughs) I'm Dallas you know um if they keep him that's worse with the caveat being because I think it would be a benefit if they could move him for like a couple starters or a starter and maybe some debt pieces. Like if you can get multiple players back for him, that could help you. I mean, I think tire Ty- I love Tyrese maxi. I think that can be your big guy in the backcourt. Oh, you just, you just smirked and like shrugged so hard. You, you're you not, not a maxi guy.
0: No, I am. It's just very on brand for you to be a big Tyrese maxi guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. That is, that is on brand. PJ Tucker. Yeah. I, at uh, four. I,
0: I think that, the, what what will be really detrimental when I when I say what's worse for their win total. Obviously, James Harden is still a quality player. We saw that last year. Absolutely. But we also saw how he got his way of getting out of Houston when he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And if he does that again in, Fee- Philly? in Philly, I don't know why I said that. I almost said Phoenix. If he does that again in Philly, then that's really going to hurt them to start the season with a big old tarbo- tub of lard running around in the backcourt.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right that Harden so there's a lot left to tank. This dude led the NBA in assists per game last year at 10.7. <laughs> that guy's wild. He's definitely transitioned his game. I mean, he's always racked up the assists, but I feel like recently he's really transitioned it into, eh, maybe my offensive output isn't what it once was, but goddamn, I'm going to dish it out. Yeah, it helps when you have Joel Embiid on the low block making everything you toss to him. I feel bad for, for Joel. It's like this never-ending drama that he has to watch go on around him.
0: Yeah, it's like when you have a buddy who's always in bad relationships, but is kind of a good dude, just picks poorly.
1: Yeah, exactly, he just, he just picks poorly. Or the Sixers pick poorly for him. That's true. And it's
0: really, it, once again, back to your buddy who always picks poorly. It's then like, one of his exes really got their shit together and, like, found a couple that worked well for him. With Markel Fultz in uh, Orlando. Oh, yeah. Now.
1: I I really tried to talk myself into the I like that Orlando Mavic Mav- blah, blah 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 there's so many fun pieces on that Orlando Magic team I really tried to talk myself into their over it's 37 and a half couldn't get there could not get there plus 100 though if you feel confident enough to scoop in on it but sorry I'm dragging on the over under talk we can get to our other futures.
0: All right, Mike, I'll go ahead and take the first one here just to get the order set straight again. Not a lot extra to talk about. We basically already went through this, but I have Oklahoma City to make the playoffs at minus 128. So we already went through record last year, 40 and 42. They lost in the play into the T-Wolves. In the offseason, they lost Dario Saric. They effectively added Chet Holmgrim. Uh, Once again, want to play a quick name game here, Mike. Let's just talk about who you think finishes higher in the standings. All right. OKC or New Orleans? OKC. OKC or Dallas? OKC. That's what you said last time. i was see if you're going to be consistent. OKC or Minnesota? Sorry, OKC. OKC or Utah? OKC. <laughs> Guess what? That puts them out of the play-in, if we look yeah. at last year's standings. I really think the only way that you lose this is because the competition is really stout in the West. And... One of those teams at the bottom there. Well, two of those teams in the bottom there are gonna miss the playoffs because they're not they're gonna be the teams that lose in the play-in. And so you're kind of throwing darts and you just wanna get you wanna be able to aim at the biggest slice of dart. And I think that OKC has that biggest slice. So if you have different opinions, there's money to be made by betting either like the Pelicans, Mavs, T-Wolves, or Oklahoma City to make the playoffs. Like Those are the four teams that are probably going to be in play-in contention come the end of the season. And I'm just taking the one that I think has the best chance in OKC.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, a good bet if you're on the other side of this fence where you think they're a play-in team would be you can bet them to make the play-in specifically at plus 135. No shit. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they can get to the sixth seed and not be a a play-in team.
0: Dude, the West is just so good. I
1: don't know if I agree with you on that. The West is so fucking good. The West are
0: so good. Like, just looking at the playoffs from last year, Mm -hmm. here are the teams that finished right behind them, right? So I just named those. Utah finished three wins behind them. Dallas finished two wins, but once again, they did pull Luke out for the last few games because they didn't want to lose their pick. Then OKC was 10. New Orleans, Minnesota, LA, Golden State were the teams right above them. The West is just really good. I mean, you like... Even looking at the 90 there, New Orleans, like you're betting against a team that might actually have Zion for more than four games mm-hmm. and Brandon Ingram
1: is and Zion Jones he's still there, so much of the fate of the Pelicans is in the Zion conundrum getting figured out.
0: Is fate of the Pelicans like the flight of the Bumblebees, but of that Star Wars song? Sure,
1: what's which Star Wars song? I don't know one of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Darth Vader song called? Flight of the Pelicans. Uh, the Imperial March, right? Sorry. Oh, no, is Imperial that... March is a different one. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and uh, if you're done, I'll jump in with my next one. Yes, sir. Okay, but all right. I, I gushed about Tyrese Halliburton earlier and I'm coming back to uh, put him over some more. Plus 195 to lead the league in assists per game this season. Adam, do you know the cutoff for your stats to be considered official for the NBA? Uh, four. Four? Just four yeah. like, I mean, the amount of games you need to play.
0: Oh, okay. What is it? 40? It's, no, it's 60, right?
1: No, it's 58.
0: 58.
1: Tyrese played 56. Had he played two more games and kept up the same pace, his 10.4 last season would have been second to winner James Harden. He's younger. He's transcending himself into being one of the premier point guards in this league. They added some nice pieces that could help him with guys who can put down shots. As I said, the lobs to top in at least 10 to 12 of those a game. Just kidding. <laughs> at least a few of them on those, those uh, fast breaks, Bruce Brown, another guy who can uh, put down shots. I really like Tyrese. Did you know do how
0: hit? like famous hockey lines have nicknames like the French connection? Mm-hmm. We need a nickname for the Pacers this year that are just going to be Tyrese Halliburton lobbing the ball to a bunch of dunkers. Hmm. Like, there will be a lineup at some point this year that's like Halliburton, Healed, Toppin, Turner, Bruce Brown. And it's like Halliburton will have the ball, and there's one shooter and three dunkers, and you just have to figure out what's going to happen. We need a name for that lineup.
1: Hallihurton. I don't like it. I hate it.
0: Well, yeah, we'll workshop it. <laughs> I need, workshop- I need to go with the first idea.
1: <laughs> so, one thing that does worry me about this bet is just that it is he is the current favorite on FanDuel at plus one ninety five.
0: Going fucking chalk.
1: Going chalk, chalk with a, on these bets I usually don't do. I try to go down a few and try to find good value. Can you guess who number two is? In the odds.
0: Uh, um. Okay. Can I
1: have a hint? He's in the east. Oh
0: no, no I, I don't. Th- I don't think I need. it. Wait. What did you say? He's in the east. Oh, shit. I did need a hint. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. In the east. Guard?
1: You got to yes. be a
2: guard,
0: right?
1: Yeah, it's a per game. I guess Is it, it Harden? Nope. Okay. Let me... Brunson? Think terrible hair and facial hair. Trey Young? Trey Young at plus 420.
0: Damn, that's a pretty big fall off. That's pretty. Go from like basically two to one to four and a half to one, or as they say in the biz, nine to two.
1: Yeah, you can get a Harden at plus four sixty if you think he's going to repeat. Or the last one I'll mention is Jokic down there at plus six fifty. I do like Jokic. Uh, My problem with Harden
0: is that you don't get assists for eating chicken wings. So that's
1: true, and you don't get
0: assists for hitting up the strip club. James Harden's going to show up with an eight pack and just T pose
1: on us all season, isn't he? I was fucking with you guys the whole time. He just, like, tears off, like, one of those, like, fake, like, baby things, you know? To make it look like you're pregnant. Just tears one of those off.
0: Uh, so, on on brand with my last pick, and once again, we already kind of litigated this, so don't don't need to go too deep into the stats here. Dallas Mavericks to miss the playoffs, plus 162. 38-44 record last year. Threw away their last few games to keep their pick, because if it was, like, 14th, it was, like, the Golden State pick went to Brooklyn or something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look it back up. Offseason, lost Christian Wood, Justin Holiday, Frankie Smokes, added Grant Williams. Luka and Kyrie are really their only chance to balloon their their odds to make the playoffs here. But the West is really stacked. Like I did with that name game there earlier, we're talking about them in that kind of 10 to 7 range, which means they're a play-in team. Even if you want to say like 11 to 7 or 11 to 6, It's still that range there where they're probably in the play-in. And if they end up with the 9, 10, or 11 seed, I think it's almost guaranteed that they're not making the playoffs. I don't think this is a team that can beat two playoff-caliber teams in a row to make the playoffs. It's also kind of the same argument I had with OKC, but in reverse. Like, if the West is this stacked, just find two teams to bet to miss the playoffs in that group with plus money. Like I bet I I I haven't done the math on it, but if you bet all four of those that are on the cusp, those like play-in cusp teams, I bet all four of those are at plus money, and I bet that if you did the math on it, you could figure out how to how to guarantee a profit.
1: Now, how does FanDuel do their make the playoffs? Like where where's the cutoff there? Like a- after the play-in, the eight teams who are in the playoffs. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, that's what it says. Because you can combine up to eight selections. So, gotcha, gotcha. If I was FanDuel, I'd let you combine like ten or eleven. That's just free money, brother. Like <laughs> an idiots. Got him. Now, obviously, I don't have much to say on this one. You're wrong. Sad. Sad. It's very sad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess the biggest concern is if Kyrie and Luca stay healthy all season. Like if both those guys play like seventy-five, seventy-six games, mm-hmm. this is probably a playoff team. So I'm betting on the. You know, COVID 2.0, benching Kyrie's ass for 40
1: or 50 games. Back to me. Back to you, sir. So I noticed in like looking at my other future bets again that four out of five of them are related to teams who I couldn't get like a good feel or super comfortable pick on their over-under. Next one is Paolo Bancaro to average 24-plus points at plus 185. My man averaged 20 as a rookie. He shot 42% from the field, 29.8% from three. Just got to tick those numbers up slightly, and the dude's getting to 24 a game. Who else is scoring for Orlando? It's Bancaro and Wagner. Trent Wagner. Yeah. yeah. Bancaro and Wagner, both averaging 30 a night. <laughs> the most <laughs> lethal duo in the league. The be- The most viewed or watch team on League Pass. I'm going to watch a lot of Magic. I'm going to be asking to log into your League Pass. Or It's actually not that expensive. I sign it for myself. But Oh,
0: don't worry, brother. On our first Baski episode, we're doing a League Pass draft.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm all in on Paulo Bancaro.
0: Yeah, so my next future is actually the Magic to win the Southeast at plus 900. So let's just do a, a big Magic talk here real quick. Eh? Yeah. So 34 and 48 record last year. Finished fourth in their division. In the offseason, they added Joe Ingles. There's your scorer, uh, 47-year-old oh, Joe yeah. Ingles. I do like Joe Ingles. Ahead of them in the odds for the Southeast are the Heat and the Hawks, who both did finish higher than them in the standings. Ooh. The Magic finished fourth in the division last year. And I, like you said, I think that we see an improvement out of all of their young pieces going into the season. And you want to talk about a guy that can take some of the defensive load off of Ben Maybe this is the year Jonathan Isaac actually plays 60 games. Jonathan Isaac, who famously missed two years with an ACL injury, came back for a limited amount of time last season. Just a defensive superpower. And also, like, that guy would fit in great on The Righteous Gemstones. You've never even watched
1: The Righteous Gemstones.
0: Yeah, I watched a ton of it. I just didn't like it.
1: Oh, that's probably why we never talked about it. He didn't like it. I, I
0: I watched, like, 12 episodes and was like, I don't think I've liked any of this.
1: I feel like you either enjoy Danny McBride projects or you're totally out on them. There's no in between.
0: Yeah, that's uh, the other segment we're actually doing on basket is the Danny McBride draft. So,
1: yeah, I uh, really. Uh, what were you saying? I was gonna say I I like this bet. What were the odds one more time? I'm sorry. Plus nine hundred. Oh, at that's value, brother. I mean, their biggest threat will be the Hawks based on how much I dislike the Heat this year. Yeah, I was going to say, the Heat? <laughs> I dislike the Heat big time. So for me, I'm fading the Heat. Their toughest competition will be the Hawks, the so Hornets, and Wizards. I think they're better than both those teams. Maybe LaMelo could cause an issue. What? Oh, Lonzo's the one out all year. That's right. <laughs> so this is, at plus 900, You got? I'm all about taking a, a swing on that one.
0: Yeah, and I think taking a swing is the right way to frame this. Plus 900 means this is not likely. You're not going to hit many plus 900 bets in your life unless you're my dad betting Saturday parlays on college football.
1: Yeah. Or me. <laughs> yeah, sure, bud. Uh, uh, parlays. <laughs> Hitting overs. But
0: the, pa- the path is here, right? Like, if if you were to combine our two bets and get probably insanely long odds on Bencaro to average 24 points and the Magic to win the Southeast, you can talk yourself into that, right? Mm -hmm. It's Bancaro improves dramatically. He takes like a year two jump. Franz Wagner takes a year two jump. The supporting pieces start to click even more than they did last season. And we see Joe Ingles coming off the bench, scorching for six man of the year, making 75% of his threes. I don't think, I don't really think Joe Ingles is going to play very much, but Jonathan Isaac plays 60 games. Mo Wagner off the bench plays pretty well i mean you know Suggs, fultz wendell carter jr steps up i mean they still have gary harris making 13 million a year there
1: they have a lot of other teams first round picks that they like kind of gave up on
0: yeah it's the like you called utah the island of misfit toys with wendell carter gary harris mo Wagner. i think they drafted cole anthony they did um, Markel Fultz, like that, it's where all of the the guys who didn't fit in in
1: their first team went. And you actually reminded me of my last point I did want to make here. Joe Ingalls is one of those guys who years from now he's going to be like really old and playing like eight minutes a game, and we're still going to be like, yeah, I do, I do like the depth of Joe Ingalls I like little Joe Ingalls
0: He he had a knee injury and missed the last couple of years. I think.
1: Oh, he's come back. He's come back. Thirty-six years old, comeback player of the year. Thirty-six, goddamn. All right, so he's already in that position I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's already there. <laughs> All right, Mike. Since we kind of combined there, I'm gonna. Oh, I didn't allow. Oh, with, oh, with Paul, the Palo Bancaro in your part, got it. Uh, next up, Jalen Brunson. I got to give me credit. We made it this far into this thing before I got to the Knicks. Give me a little bit of credit before I got to my Homer picks.
0: Yeah, but one of us mentioned Jalen Brunson like 15 minutes into the podcast.
1: Yeah, saying erroneous things. The new face of New York Knicks basketball, trying to think he's ever going to leave this city. I happen to average seven or more assists at plus 230. I like the value. He averaged 6.2 last year, so we're looking for a 0.8 increase. Fun thing about him, check the numbers. His assists per season have raised every year since he's been in the league. And took a big 1.4 jump last year when he went from Dallas to being the full-time top point guard in New York. I think there's some pieces that will work in his favor. Year 2 Grimes, I think they're going to look to get him more involved, especially as a uh, catch-and-shoot guy with the three. They added DiVincenzo. I don't know how many times they're going to play on the floor together, like on the floor together since DiVincenzo is going to be coming off the bench. It could be a lot of quickly. and and DiVincenzo, but he's a 36% shooter from three. Hopefully, similar to the Dortcher Chamber, RJ has that momentum from capturing the bronze medal over in the FIBA Championship this year. I think teams in the playoffs, we saw how they keyed in on Brunson as the most dangerous player on our team. So a focus for the Knicks this year could be, how do we take some of that scoring load off Brunson and get good shots for the other guys? And if that works, Brunson's assist goes up.
0: I like how one of your arguments for this is that Brunson's assists have increased every year, so they have to continue. Oh yeah, and you just like looked at a line that was like going this way and went, "Well, that'll
1: never stop." Yeah, I know it's totally wrong because previous outcomes really do not determine future outcomes. I know this, but Murphy's Law, brother.
0: <laughs> I just like the bet.
1: I, exactly. D- are you saying that genuinely?
0: I'm saying that uh, genuinely, the- but with a a twinge of. Whatever that Paul Dana movie we just saw was. Okay. Yeah, you talk about like a little bit of increased scoring there. If you can get more efficiency from a few players, and if, you know, if he's just like fucking feeding touches to Mitchell Robinson in the dunker spot too, that'll help increase it. But there's not a ton of room to keep improving there when you talk about a guy like Brunson who's a little bit of a score first point guard.
2: You know, facial
0: gestures don't really translate very well to an audio podcast yeah,
1: that facial expression said you're wrong you're wrong
0: all right can i uh can i give you my next bet or did you have more notes on the nicks that you want to bring up
1: yes sir this is back to you brother brother
0: all right so i have a bet here and i'm a coward for this one i have okay. anthony simons to win most improved player at plus 1600 So in the past, I've done a lot of research on the most improved player, and what you kind of want to look for is big situation changes. Because the award doesn't go to the player who became a better player. It goes to the player whose situation improved the most, typically. So you're talking about a guy who goes from a bench player to a starter, or a guy who goes from the second player on a team to the first player on a team after a trade. So in 22-23, Anthony Simons was playing 35 minutes a game 21.1 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 4.1 assists on 44-37-89 shooting splits. Now, Dame Lillard got traded away, famously, to the Milwaukee Bucks. And Dame Lillard had 20 shots per game. And those shots got to go somewhere. And I know that I'm not saying that suddenly Anthony Simons is going to shoot the ball 20 more times than he was last year. But you're talking about a team that's going to be splitting those shots amongst Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons. And so your bet is there that Anthony Simons is going to get the brunt of the ISO scoring work while Scoot Henderson adjusts to the league. I think that that opportunity increases even more if they start moving some of their assets out. If they trade guys like Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton to other teams, you could see his workload go up even more than it currently is.
1: You're right. With, With workload, I could definitely see that. Kind of like how like I think Kuzma is going to have a massive year because of his workload. 21.1 points, is that the ceiling for Simons? Yeah,
0: so that's part of my concern is that just because of where his counting stats were last year, he might not take that leap that's requisite of winning most improved player. I mean, you you know, if he goes from 21.1 to 25, 25 is a really good point total for a player in the NBA But is four more points a game really the most improved?
1: Yeah. And I also wonder, you know, he he could pull us off if he does this. He's got to go back. He's got to pull up the Westbrook tape from his first year after Durant and see how Westbrook was snagging all those boards. He only averaged 2.6 last year. Pump that up to like, you know, eight. Get the assists up. He's at 4.1 last year. Get that up some. If he can increase steadily across all three, then you wouldn't have to worry so much about him having a massive leap in points if he can just yeah. become that triple threat.
0: He'll probably win it if he averages a triple-double.
1: If, if you think uh, 6'3", 181-pound Anthony Simons is snagging 10 boards a game, I think we got to have to go ahead and give him MVP. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Most improved. So, like
0: I said, I'm a coward on this. Why? This was nearly the chalk pick. It's up there high- <laughs> on the the boards uh my actual pick for this Desmond Bain plus 3,500 most improved player John Morant is out 25 games Mm -hmm. there is no one else on that team who's shooting the ball but I I went with the coward pick the one that's a little more chalky the one that FanDuel told me was more likely so you went with Desmond Bain No, I went with Anthony Simons. All those stats I just read off. Yeah. Desmond Bain's plus 3,500. It's way longer.
1: I guess that wouldn't be... That's, like, actually the pick?
0: Like, for real? Like, if anyone asks, right? I picked Anthony Simons plus 1,600. But if anyone really asks, Desmond Bain plus
1: 3,500? Yeah, I mean... From a value standpoint, I would agree that that's a good place to go. I am interested to see how Desmond Bain does in those... Twenty-five games with basically all the scoring load being on him. But then again, he played a good chunk without Jaw last year, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and even when Jaw's on the team, Desmond Bain's still the best player.
1: Yeah, but he's the best player. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> can see that, that I that loaded into that. your head. Yeah, that that didn't process there for a second. <laughs> Might be the best scorer. Maybe the best. Sh- he's the better shooter.
0: He's the best player. Best Devin. two-way player. B- better shooter. Isn't flashing
1: his gun like he's Cash Wheeler. 40.8% from three last year? That's scorching. pretty lethal. Scorching, if scorching. you will. That is scorching. I think he was a 50-40-90 guy, wasn't he? Just about. He was 47.9 overall field goal percentage. So, just about there.
0: So, yep, yeah, that's Anthony
1: Simons when most improved at plus
0: 1,600. But for those of you who are actually listening, Desmond Bain when most improved at plus 3,500.
1: Yeah. Alright, ready for my next one? Yeah, I think you're going to I think you're going to like this one. Huh? Or you're going to be a pessimistic fan and tell me it's not happening. I got cat Carl Anthony Downs to average 10 or more boards this season plus 240. I'm liking those odds. I'm liking the value there. Keep in mind this man averaged 10 or more throughout his first five years last year. He didn't play a lot of games, or he missed a lot of games, I should say, because of his ham sh- or his calf. He had the Joe Burrow injury, which cost him a lot of time. But he still averaged nine point eight. He was barely off his ten. Oh no, I'm sorry, I got my numbers mixed up. The nine point eight was the previous year in 21-22. But the point being, he was barely off the ten last year, and that or that year. And then last year, missing the time dealing with a a crucial calf uh, strain or whatever you want to call it, he averaged eight point two. I think we're in store for a big bounce-back cat year because he has been called soft. He has been called a nerd. I think that was by both of us on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely a nerd. Yeah, but I think we're primed for a big big bounce-back cat year. He has to have a a bounce-back year. It can't all be Anthony Edwards. He's got to help him out, especially on the boards. If they can figure out this weird issue of when him and Gobert are there i think that is a problem because bear go is going to be there cleaning up a lot but i don't know toughen up cat get in there box out get those boards from the old frenchman get back to 10 plus 240 solid value what you say i think if they actually decide to stagger those two guys this year instead of figuring
0: out how to play them together that that's a really good value like if you see like cat dip down to like 29 minutes a game And Gobert play like 26 minutes, but they only overlap for like 11 of those. Mm -hmm. I think you could see, yeah, Cat average a double-double again. But There you go. I mean, I was going to say, but there's also not a non-zero chance they trade him, but maybe that would even improve his chances. I mean, if he goes to, you know, OKC, Portland, New York... I was going to say Miami, but Jimmy Butler might actually shoot the plane down before it can land. Yeah. But if he, goes, if he goes to one of those teams that doesn't have like an entrenched starting five and he's the guy,
1: you could see him average 10. What are you talking about over there? I just love the idea of him to the heat now. I want it to happen. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want fine, him to whatever. walk into the locker room and be like, Butler, we got you another superstar. Got you another great player. Kyle Anthony Towns and Butler just starts throwing shit and screaming he doesn't he doesn't get heat culture <laughs> he doesn't practice hard
0: what was what were the odds on uh, on Towns going on another podcast to
1: claim the NBA champs aren't as impressive as the team that got eliminated in the first round minus 700 I was gonna say Myles Turner Turner's plus 800 he has like the longest odds of who's on the board for FanDuel but then he he's last season was his highest average rebound total and it was 7.5 so never mind Not worth mentioning. All right, Adam, I'm glad you agreed, for the most part, with my with a pick that is a homer pick would be a homer pick for you. What's your your last one? What's your number five? So once again, went kind of chalky on some awards here,
0: but Victor Wimbayama to win Rookie of the Year is sitting at plus one thirty, and my argument here is get in on this number before it drops into uh, giving money Mm -hmm. because. The, we're talking about a guy who is like supposed to be so far and away the best draft prospect here that he should be blowing the other competition out of the water. Second place currently in the odds is Chet Holmgren. Third is um, Scoot Henderson. That's really where you, you should just draw a hard line in the sand. The top picks in the NBA draft are the guys who win Rookie of the Year. So here's the spot that a player was drafted that won Rookie of the Year for a lot of the last few years. First, fourth, third, which was bullshit because that's your LaMelo one. Second, third, first, 36th, Malcolm Brogdon. First and first. So the top three players are overwhelmingly winning this. So if you just go the top three players on this draft, and even the top two, it's Wimbayama or Scoot Henderson's to lose. And Wimby is supposed to be like a, LeBron, Connor Bedard, I was going to say Andrew Luck, but I didn't really want to make that comparison. Level prospect coming into this
1: league. Yeah, because if he was Luck, his team would let him get the shit kicked out of him for, what, seven years, and then he would have to retire early because the love of the game got beaten out of him. But, sorry, I can't help but go on a rant about what the Colts did to him.
0: Yeah, be sure to read the uh, Tankology on Andrew Luck. Yeah. Here's his competition for minutes playing as a big man on... The Spurs, Kim Birch, Zach Collins. It ends there. Yep, that's it. That's who he's going up against for minutes. It is not a good team. They are probably not going to be fun to watch for any of the minutes that Victor Wimbayama is not on the floor. He is going to get every fucking touch for this team. And beyond that, beyond that, Mike, his offense is still developing. His defense is stellar. So you're talking about a guy who's going to be the player coming out of this draft with the weirdest offensive highlights because he's fucking seven foot 11 and shoots threes. And then on the other end will be chased down blocking and picking people's pockets at the perimeter. He's running away with it. Right. Ahead, so the odds in front of him, it's uh Chet Holmgren plus 2,700 scoot Henderson at plus 300 and then Brandon Miller at plus 2,300, all of which
1: what's up you met. You meant Scoot at plus 270, right?
0: It might have gone down since the last time I looked.
1: Oh, you accidentally said 2700. That's why I was clarifying.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chet, Chet Holmgren plus 270. Scoot Henderson plus 300. Okay, got it. All of those guys have more competition for touches than mm-hmm. Wimbayama, and none of them have the hype that Wimby does.
1: Yeah, yeah. barring injury or him really struggling, he I think he'll dominate the minutes. At the five position, no doubt. Gwen Stefani. You sure? Yeah, you sure you don't? Uh, yeah. Scoot. Scoot would probably be the next best pick. I'd like just be same thing because of his playing time. I think he's going to get a lot in Portland. You're not not thinking at all about maybe taking a little uh, a little Cam Whitmore at plus two thousand. No. Uh, hypothetically, let's say that Dylan Brooks keeps nut tapping people, <laughs> <He> gets suspended. <laughs> we get an increased Cam Whitmore time. He There's starts waving like 45 off
0: forty-five players on the Rockets who
1: demand touches. That's true, but are any of them as good as Cam Whitmore? It's impossible to tell. I also like Eamon Thompson. If he amen. amen, amen Thompson, amen Thompson, amen, amen. I'm sorry. But no, you're absolutely right. Webinyama is the safest pick, probably the best pick. It would cause a series of unfortunate events for it to not happen. And this is not Lemonade Snicket. All right, Mike, did you have <laughs> one more future for us here? I do. And we're going back to our our argument that's been prevalent throughout the pod. Mavs to win the Southwest Division at plus 185. Grizzly are currently favored at plus 184. I break it down to this. Wait, no, seriously? The Mavs are plus 185, and the Grizzlies are plus 184. Sorry, 145.
0: I don't know how I got 184 out of 145. But... That would have been incredible if they set the odds yeah. at plus 185 and plus 184.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, plus 145 for the Grizz. No jaw for 25 games. I think that's the difference here in the win total for the two teams. Marcus Smart, despite you know winning all the NBA Hustle Awards, does not Marcus replace... Matt? does not, Micah Smat does not replace the offense of John Morant when he steps in. Yeah, they'll have have D-Rose there, but he's going to be coming up, he's best coming off the bench. If you overplay him minutes-wise, you'll start seeing diminished value. I think they're going to, this sounds crazy, and you're probably going to be like, you're giving too much credit to him. I think they're going to miss Tyus Tyus Jones. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, he only averaged 10 a game last year, but that that's good coming off the bench. I think Tyus Jones would be a good person to have there during that twenty-five game suspension for Jaw. As I mentioned earlier, a lot, if not like what? Over fifty percent of the scoring load, I think, is gonna have to that not saying he's gonna score fifty percent of their points every night. What I'm trying to say is a lot of the load of scoring points is gonna go on to Desmond Bain. And who knows? Maybe he could go God mode and keep them as a very nice record through those 25. I'm kind of fading that a little bit. And I think those 25 games at the beginning of the season are the difference between the Grizzlies winning that division compared to the Mavs. It's uh, it's real dumb that the Grizzlies are in the West, isn't it? Yeah, they should be in the East.
0: Yeah, they should be in the East. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't hate this bet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not bad. It's you said it's plus one eighty five, yeah. I think that they're here's here's what I think we should do. I think we should put some money on the Mavs to win the Southeast Division. Southwest. and we should, oh, yeah, <laughs> what? Oh yeah, yeah, because they're in the Western Conference.
1: <laughs> It'd be weird for
0: Southeast. Well, they're on the southeast of the country, Mike.
1: <laughs> the Mavs are in the middle of the country.
2: They're in Texas,
0: brother. You're in the middle of the country all right um on the so the maps win the southwest i also think that we should put some money on them to miss the playoffs and one of them's gonna hit right they're either gonna have like their they're gonna have like their top percentile outcome be like a four seed and make like totally skip the play-in or they're gonna be the 10th seed get eliminated in the first game and then be like what do we do about Kyrie and luca
1: now Right, now I got you. To, like, fade the winning the division. You fade yeah. it with missing the playoffs.
0: Okay, And they're both plus money.
1: I think we should bet this. Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely has to be either the Mavericks or, Mavericks or the Grizzlies, because I don't foresee the Rockets, Pelicans, or Spurs winning that division. I would say the Pelicans
0: are the only competition, but I agree with you. I mean, Zion can't string together 11 games in a row, and that mm. team's just not good enough without Zion to really do anything. I really liked how they played last year, and I'm the biggest... Brandon Ingram stand around. But still, that team without Zion is like a 10 seed on a good day in
1: the Brandon, modern NBA. Brandon Ingram couldn't even medal in the FIBA championships. All right.
0: Fucking Neither bug. could Anthony Edwards.
1: And if you hold that against him, I will fly to <laughs> Buffalo and put my thumb through your eye. <laughs> That's fair. Pelicans are currently plus 200. So betters. See them in the mix with those three. If you want to get real crazy, you think web and Yama can drag the Spurs to a division title? That team's so (laughs) bad. At a plus 25,000.
0: That team is so bad. There's no way. Like Wimbayama would have to be like LeBron and Kareem in one.
1: I almost am so tempted just to throw 10 on it. In like the weird universe where it happens, and you win twenty five hundred bucks. I mean,
0: come on, who knows? If
1: anyone ever gives you a hundred thousand to one odds, you take it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right, Mike, is that it? Is that our uh, NBA futures pod? Those are all of our futures. Do you have any? I guess usually this is the part where you would say, "Do you have anything else to add?" But I'm going to ask you, do you have anything else to add?
0: Yeah, you want to just run through and recap here, and I'll put together a social graphic too. Okay. But I have the Bills under. The Pistons over. The Pacers over. What did I say? You said the Bills. I also have the Bills over. Fuck you. You have the The Bills Bills over. Okay. (laughs) He almost yelled fuck you at me. The Bulls under. The Pistons over. The Pacers over. The Lakers over. The Raptors under. The Thunder to make the playoffs. Anthony Simons to win most improved player. But actually Desmond Bain to win most improved player. The Mavericks to miss the playoffs. Victor Wimbayama to win rookie of the year. And the Orlando Magic to win the Southeast Division.
1: And I have OKC over 44.5, and a half, Miami Heat under 44.5, and a half, Dallas Mavericks over 44.5. Wow, they just love going 44 and a half in Vegas. Lakers over 47 and a half, and the Clippers under 45 and a half. My other futures are Halliburton lead the league in assists per game, Banchero to average 24 plus in points. Well, that'd be crazy if it was something else. Jalen Brunson to average seven or more assists. And then Cat to average 10 more boards. And then finally, as I just mentioned, Mavs to win the Southwest Division. One more thing I did want to mention is after our podcast way back over the summer, when we looked at the NBA in season tournament and the Nuggets were plus 1,100 to win it, I did put some money on that.
0: Do you you have the odds up in front of you? I know they still have those up.
1: Yeah, let me see what it is now. So with the offseason moves. They are now fourth with plus thirteen hundred. You got Suns plus eleven hundred, Celtics plus nine fifty, and Bucks plus nine fifty to win that in season thingy.
0: Yeah, Nuggets are like woefully underrated on their championship odds, and I don't like betting championship odds. I don't like betting MVP either, mm-hmm. but the Nuggets are so undervalued for their for their championship odds.
1: I do want to mention one more thing.
0: Yeah, let me just, my quick thought. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll we'll go over this a little bit more in our our Baski mm-hmm. uh, League Pass draft that we have coming up on October 22nd. But that n Tournament is going to be so fascinating because I don't know how teams are going to respond to this. Are they going to play their starters? Are they going to play their bench players, especially when you get to the games that don't matter? very curious
1: the last point I did want to mention is so just a quick check-in on the NBA championship odds you got Celtics and Bucks at plus 380 Nuggets and Suns at plus 550 and then I I think I might throw a little bit of money on this just because I love this Lakers team so much plus 1300 that's some good value I might have to do it
0: yeah I I I really like this Lakers team too all right Mike you got any uh plugs on the way out the door here
1: yeah, getting the uh, first edition of On Saturday finished up. It's the premiere edition, so I apologize. It took me a little longer because, you know, figuring out the best way to format it and everything to give you a little peek behind the curtain. But that should hopefully be up either late tonight or for sure tomorrow.
0: Yeah, definitely not tonight. Got, got a little bit too much on my plate tonight. So oh, definitely tomorrow. If you need artwork for it, it'll be tomorrow. I thought you already made the artwork. Oh, fuck, I did. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen my previous statement. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Alright, be will... sure
0: to t- fucking shut up. Was... Be sure to tune right. <laughs> I said shut up. Be sure to tune in that... to our Friday podcast. We're previewing week six of the NFL action. Uh, Mike, Thursday night,
1: Kansas City Broncos. Who are you picking? Mm-hmm. Jeez. It's such a tough one, Adam. But I think I'm gonna take Kansas City to edge this one out.
0: Beyond that, we have weekly content covering football currently popping up on the site. Our Baski podcast, as I previously mentioned, starting the 22nd, looking to get some social content going out there pretty soon, Trying trying to get us in the game on a few different fronts. Mike's going to be dancing on TikTok, all that kind of stuff. Big cock fox.